0: He like, man, we really need you to take the MRI, but if you can't take it, man, we just gonna have to send you home. We can't really do business with you. So I'm like, I'm like, shit, so they sent me home. I think I should be in the Hall of Fame. I think I should be first ballot. During your prime, if you and Tyreek Hill lined up, Tyreek in his prime, you in your prime, who win it? Ain't nobody seeing me, man. Ain't nobody seeing me.
1: Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. Today's episode is sponsored by Sonos Arc, the premium smart sound bar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Stay tuned for additional details about Sonos Arc later in today's show. If you like what you hear, make sure sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just go visit youtube.com slash all things covered. So make sure you subscribe and turn on your alerts so you can get this show right away. Pat P, it's another big time show. What are we going to cover on this episode?
2: It is a big time show, Mac, but we have some sad news for the Florida State family and all of foot, college football. You know, just hearing the news that the old ball coach Bobby Bowden has passed away um, this morning. So we'll make sure we, uh, we we go down memory lane from one of his very own players, you know, and um, and, and just see, just remember him in, in, in a good way. And because I had the opportunity to get recruited by Coach Bowden as well. But on the brighter side, we may have one of the fastest guys to lace him up joining the show. Stay Everybody know who that is. He's one of the guys who rushed for 2,000 yards in the league. Got the nickname CJ2K, Chris Johnson, coming soon. Stay tuned. We'll have an opportunity to chop it up with Mac. Obviously, we just got the, the news of Coach Bobby Bouton passing away. You had opportunity to play with Coach Bouton. Um, I got a three-part question for you. Uh, first one is, what did Coach mean for you and the state, uh, Florida State, the university? Um, also, much bigger than that, what, what did Coach Bowden mean to college
1: football? And do you have any stories that stand out to you that you can share with us? Oh, no question. I got quite a few stories, but I'll say that for last. But what did Coach Bowden mean to Florida State? He He meant everything. Uh, at one point in time, Florida State was an all-girls school. Mm-hmm. Football was not even thought about during those times. And then eventually, you know, they got into the football uh, world and they struggled, was inconsistent. And when Bobby took uh, became the head coach at Florida State, Florida State was not a relevant football university. Florida State was not a consistent university, Pat Pete, And many mm-hmm. people don't remember that because, you know, for most folks, they only remember Florida State winning championships, you know, being competitive, being relevant. But at one, at once upon a time, Florida State was the opposite. And mm. when Bobby took over, you know, he just established a culture, a a winning culture, a culture field of confidence, a culture field uh, was all about hard work, outworking your opponent. Mm. And he was the foundation for that. He laid the foundation down. He was the architect in getting that foundation built, and now you talk about one of the one of the one of the well recognized brand in football, not just college football, but in football, and he started that. So he means everything when you're talking about Florida State football. What did he mean to college football? One of the more dominating coaches to ever do it, and right now when you talk college football, you may start and stop that conversation with Nick Saban, who we had on the show during the season, right? And we all know how dominant Nick Saban has been at Alabama. Heck, uh, Pat, you played against Nick Saban. Nick Saban recruited both of us, you know what I mean? But before Nick Saban, Bobby was the guy. You know what I'm saying? When Bobby came to your high school, everything stopped. It was like he was just walking on air. Everyone was like mesmerized about seeing a living legend similar to how it is I would imagine when Nick Saban is walking through these hallways nowadays. But when you look at what Florida state was able to do some impressive numbers and talking about what he meant to college football from 1987, Pat P to the year 2000, Florida state, uh, they have the most consecutive top five finishes finishes in the AP poll, 14 (coughs) straight seasons finishing top five from 87 to 2000. The most consecutive 10 win seasons still currently they hold that record in football, uh, college football history from 87 to 2000, 14 straight seasons finishing with double digit wins. He just dominated. And one, and once upon a time, they were independent. And then when they got into the ACC, they bought that. They just they just took over the ACC like it was free money. I mean, they just took it And and he just dominated from the recruiting standpoint. He dominated on the football field. And in those years that I mentioned, you remember who also was relevant in those years, Miami, yeah, Florida, all in state, yep. all in state. But he it, it was just something about Bobby that excellence was something that you had to achieve. It was no other option. And that's, that's, that's who he was when it comes to college football. And last question you have for me, funny story. You know, I tell this story all the time. So I think it was my sophomore year was getting ready for uh, North Carolina and dope Campbell. So just like most, you know, powerhouse, football powerhouse, you have, you know, endorsement deals. For us, it was Nike was our shoe endorser. You know, right. we had everything Nike. And Bobby did not want players covering the Nike swoosh. He <laughs> wanted it to be visible. Right. And the only way you can spat your shoes, which is putting tape on your cleats if you had an ankle injury. Mm-hmm. And the trainer said, you know what, coach? We got to tape him up this week. His ankles messed up. So, Pat, you know, I used to try to look good. You look good, you feel good, you play good. You know what Prime says. So that particular ball game, I'm like, man, we got 330, North Carolina on ABC. Man, I'm I'm in there, starting. Uh I'm taping up. Mm-hmm. Screw all that. I'm taping up. So I'm <laughs> taping up. I'm 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 if I got to spat myself, I'm taping up. I had some I had a trainer spat me up. Felt good about myself, so instantly I'm like, man, I'm about to have a heck of a ball game. Interception, right. three PBUs, like five tackles, forced fumble, went off, and we won. So that Tuesday practice, full, full, pad, full padded practice, Uh Coach B broke everyone down on his golf cart. So we just get ready to go to the defense side, offense, go to the offense side. He he always called me Mac Fatted. He never said B Mac <laughs> or Brian. He like Mac Fatted, Mac Fatted, Mac Fatted. So we about to break it down. So I'm getting ready to go to Coach Andrews. I hear someone say, McFadden, come in for a second. Like, thanks. So I'm thinking he about to con- congratulate me on balling out. Like, yeah, I, I, I got like, that week I got like 10 extra Tomahawks, you know what I mean, All on right. my helmet. <laughs> He's like, "Uh, did you spat your shoes? So, great. so in my mind, I'm like, if he asking the question, You're he already knows the answer. And he didn't tolerate lying, right? So I'm like, I can't lie, I gotta be real. I'm like, yeah, coach, I spat my shoes. He said, "Well, why did you spat your shoes, Mac You know, we 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 got a we get a lot of we get a lot of money from from Nike, a lot of money, a lot of money. They want to see the they want to see the swoosh, they want to see the check. You can't spat your shoes. Why did you spat your shoes? I'm like, Coach, I ain't gonna lie to you, Coach, man. I just wanted to look good, man. I I just wanted, to, I just I, I just wanted to feel good about how my uniform was fitting on me. Girl. Well, Mac, you, you you can't do that. You can't do that. You weren't injured. You can't. They didn't have you on the injury report. You can't do that." Well, I'm sorry. I'm like, sorry. He's like, feet, I'm like feet. I looked behind him like, want you to start chopping the thing. Yeah, but you know, I ain't, I'm like feet. I'm like, coach, you talking about feet. I'm like, what? He said, feet. Didn't I say feet, Mac McFadden feet? I'm like feet, what you want? He said, mow your feet. So I'm chopping my feet in place. So then he hit me with the belly. <laughs> like, what, but you mean belly like what what is huh coach what you up down, he, man. He, he's so oh he's so old school i know <laughs> what we all know up downs is up down right. up down he he's, like, he's like he's a feet belly i'm like coach what what do you mean he said belly get down so i got I, oh now you mean up down so i'm like oh man this man about to give me some up down <laughs> he feet bellied me five times Five times. Five times. He gave me five up downs in my mind, like Coach, you really wasted my time. Like this is what we're doing. He gave me five up downs. He said, "I right, not Mac Fatty. This week, I need you to go get me that ball. Go get me the ball again, but you better not have no tape on your shoes." He sent me off. I ran up, like Coach, really? Five up downs. Like what is that going to do to me? Like you know, I'm used to doing fifty, a hundred, you know, at least twenty five. He gave me feet, belly, five times,
2: five, five feet, that's bellies. That's crazy. Hey, he I, I got a, not a funny story, but I mean, I guess it can be kind of funny. You know, when the coach is able to come to your houses and stuff on the home visit. So coach, coach Bount came down, came down and uh, coach peanut, but I can't remember his first name, but you know who I'm talking, D-line coach. Odell. Oh Coach, yeah. Coach Higgins. Coach, yeah, Coach Peanut Butter. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, they call me Coach Peanut Butter right here, young fella. So that's when I first met him. You know, so he was always Coach Peanut Butter to me. So anyway, they come down in the house, and my mom used to make these. Uh, used to make that hot banana pudding for him. Man, we gave Bobby that hot banana pudding. Man, he almost spotted his shirt, dog. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: said, "Who taught you how to make this?
2: You know how you taught." Yeah, uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's a that's a that's a story I got a coach about man. Yeah, I fed coach, coach. Y'all fed Big B some pudding. Yeah, man. What a pleasure it was to uh, have him have him recruit me and, and like you said, just have a living legend in the house. And just to even speak more of his resume, coach Florida State for 34 years, second both mm-hmm. players in college football, won 12 ACC championships and two national uh championship in the college hall of fame, also coach two Heisman winners and Ward and uh, my
1: man Chris Winky. Winky.
2: Chris yes, Winky. And so, RIP to Coach Bobby, man. No you question. A lot to, uh, not only to the, all your players' lives, but to a lot of college football, to the college football world. We appreciate everything you that you ever done for
1: us. No doubt. Bobby. Go Nose. <laughs> guys know what time it is. It's, it's time to crank up the car right now. Let's get, let's get it going. It's time to get rolling, baby. Crank up the car put them horses and let's rock and roll. It's cool. check in time. Football is here. Stop playing around. Football is here. Pat told you guys in the intro, we got our first preseason action last week with Pittsburgh ball, uh Dallas, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh Dallas in the Hall of Fame game. I mean, it was so it felt so good just to be able to watch the game. You know, see guys get out on the grass, see fans in the the stands. Uh, Football is here for the Minnesota Vikings. Second week of camp is in the books, including the first practice at U.S. Bank Stadium. Before we jump into school check-in, Pat, how did it feel for you? That was your first time playing as a Viking in yeah. U.S. Bank Stadium, how did it feel to be in the stadium to have fans in the stadium, man? Your new home, how did it feel to you? Man,
2: it felt good. The best part was when they did the uh, the school chant. They oh, did man. it. It was, it was probably about maybe maybe ten thousand people in there, but that thing was rocking, Mac, Man, man I, I, that right there got my got my juice hot. I mean, my my blood hot for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was good to be in there, obviously have an opportunity to try to track some balls in, in the stadium. And you know, the lighting is are different in every stadium. So, you know, I, I'm probably definitely not wearing a visor at the home game for sure.
1: <laughs> so so break break it down to uh listeners and viewers that are watching us, you know, when you say the lighting, how could that impact you if you were to wear a visor based on your okay. experience uh practicing in the stadium? Yeah, it's just tough trying to
2: track the ball. You know, I'm, I'm a guy that likes to track the ball, not really play through the receivers to try to you know force people. I'm looking to, to intercept, intercept the pass for the most part, especially if it's a, a deep ball, mm-hmm. um, a ball that's in the air for a long period of time. So it's just tough when you obviously guard a guy and you have them having to look back for the uh, for the ball, and you know, with most DBs that have good ball skills, you already you all nine times on my you have the right time to to kind of look back for the ball and track it down. Mm-hmm. And like right when they get to that point, it's like it's almost when you end up looking back for the ball, and um, it just get lost up there, man. <laughs> it gets lost up there, and especially with the shield. It adds like another glare mm-hmm. to your vision a little bit. So you know, I, I definitely definitely need my twenty fifteen vision at its best when it's the ball in the bank.
1: No question, no question. The fans were there, like you said, it was around 5,000 fans, (laughs) if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Defense came away with a pick six. DJ had a pick six in that particular practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some other news though, a few practices ago, Justin Jefferson had an injury, shoulder injury. Uh, It's nothing serious, but, you know, it was a scary moment during practice. How relieved were you to see Justin, you know, get up and know that that injury is nothing serious?
2: Yeah, you know, um, you know, you no know, you hate to see your five star player go down the way he did in the some campaign but got up and said he'll be all right you know mm-hmm. so you know once once you got that you know that that validation from from him you know kind of eased you a little bit you know just you know just continue doing the necessary um uh, treatment and rehab so you can get back out there on the field with us and get this thing
1: rolling Yep Jeff Gladney officially released first rounder from 2020 uh he hasn't been with the team since his arrest in April. So you guys were used to participating without him. You added some depth at the cornerback position as well, bringing in Brashard Breeland. So uh, it's news, but clearly you guys were accustomed in participating without him. Uh, the first preseason game is coming up. It's this week, this week. Remember, there, there's only three preseason games this year. The NFL did away with one, so it's only three preseason games. How much do you expect to play? What do you expect to learn from mostly the young guys? as preseason is about to start?
2: Yeah, um, I really don't know what the plan time situation is. You know, uh, obviously, Coach Zim and, and uh, Eric Sugarman, all those guys, and, you know, uh, Eric uh, Spillman, all those guys have, you know, their timelines and guys really want to see out there in action. You know, I'm just really intrigued to see how the young guys going to react under the lights like um, my, my uh, shout out to my boy, Coach Ross, he used to always see, he used to always have this saying, oh, I, I seen bright lights kill a man
1: before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, them lights are so, gonna snatch your confidence yeah. away from yeah. you being careful. I seen
2: bright lights kill a man before. So, um, you know, it's always intriguing to see how the young guys gonna, uh, gonna perform under, mm-hmm. under the lights, you know, under a little pressure, you know, jobs on the line, uh, you know, position on the team is on the line. So, it's always uh, fun to see how those guys uh, react under pressure. Yep. Um, but, you know, you know, just seeing how guys go out there and compete, for the most part, compete and just see, um, you know, what we need and, and who can help us on this long journey that we're about to have. You know, that's that's the, the, the main thing, you know. Yep. Uh, it's just, you know, just seeing who can compete, seeing who can play un- un- under the lights and who can help us, um, you know, um, fill this three-man roster to, to help us win the North.
1: You know what? Home this Saturday against the Denver Broncos, uh, one player that I'm excited to see play, a guy who has really capitalized on opportunities, and that's Jake Browning. Mm. Uh, he's been yeah. playing pretty good football for you guys in camp. Yeah. I would say he's having a pretty good camp so far. Uh, I'm really excited to see exactly what he's able to do in game action. Cause you talk about trying to shake up some things at a particular position. Uh, you know, he has been, he's one of those players that have been benefited from opportunities. You know mm. what I mean? At the position when you had a few guys missing some time uh, because of COVID and things like that. But Jake has been playing some pretty good football. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, the momentum that he currently has, uh, you know, is is a guy that, you know, could take that momentum into this upcoming preseason ball game and keep going in the right direction. Uh, You know, looking like he could, uh, he's trying to fight for a backup role, uh, you know, over Kellen Munn, who was a third rounder, if I'm not mistaken, but, you know, Jake has taken advantage of the opportunity. So I'm really excited to see what he could do uh, throughout preseason. Yo, Pat P. What up? all oh, thanks, listeners and viewers. Man, we got a new, new segment for you guys called Raising the Bar, sponsored by Sonos Arc, where we want to talk about players who have the potential, right, the potential to raise their game to the next level. Young players, not players like Pat P, future Hall of Famers, players that are already established. We're talking about young guys. They have the potential to raise their game to the next level. And yep. the player that fits this category for today's episode, Antoine Winfield Jr., Man. Super Bowl champion, second-year player from the University of Minnesota. I was extremely high on him coming out of Minnesota He's a football player. He started all 16 ball games last year as a rookie, played in 97% of the snaps, one interception, six PBUs, two forced formals, one formal recovery, three sacks, 94 tackles. He was a member of the NFL all-rookie team. The reason why I believe Mr. Winfield Jr. is the ideal player for this category, for this segment, is because of the growth, the love of the game. He loves football, and he plays with that love. Week in and week out, and he's always around the football. He's a disruptive player, uh, he's in the ideal system under your former DC and Todd Bowles. And okay. one thing we know about Coach Bowles, he understands and he knows how to utilize talented safeties. Working with Tyron Matthew, you know, Roy Williams when he was at Darren Dallas with the Jets, Jamal Adams. He put these he 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 understands and knows how to put these guys in unique situations to be successful. And mm-hmm. I believe year two for Antoine Winfield man, he's going to raise his game to a whole nother level. And you've worked closely with Todd Bowes. And, and what have you seen from Todd Bowes when it comes to uh, being hands-on? Just not with the secondary guys, but specifically the safeties. Man, Coach, I mean, he played the position. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, that's that's big time, Pat Pete. Yeah, that's big time. It is. So he,
2: like, you know, safeties are, you know, especially like the really, really good ones. You know, they're technically the quarterback of the defense. You know what I mean. The Mike backers obviously, you know, make the call and get the front line up. But if your back end ain't ain't right, it's gonna be a long season. So you know what I mean. He he understands not only how to put the safeties in position, but everybody in general. He understands every level of, of the positions on the football field, as far as you know, knowing what what the what the D line needs to look like, knowing what linebacker what linebackers he likes. You know, because obviously you know he likes to run a lot of fires on, so he need. You know, uh, uh, you know, faster backers than usual. Not those, you know, back in the day, 6'4", you know, two, you know, two thirty. We're not looking for those anymore. So, and, and on, and and on the back end, you can just look at every safety that you know that he's that he had and held in the past, you know, eight years that he's been able to work with and change, uh, take their game to the to the next level. Like you spoke uh, spoke about retiring Jamal. Mm-hmm. Um, um, i think he had you know actually he wasn't there when we got buddha but uh rock was with us yeah uh, Ross was with us when we had buddha but um jamal adams you know the list the list goes on and 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 now the add antoine to his resume is just gonna continue to speak value. so i definitely agree with you um uh on this on this raising the bar star that we pick yes sir um, because antoine um very, like you said, very instinctive player. Knows the game, understand the game. You know, coming from you know the the Winfield family tree, um, dad player had at a, at a at a very high level as well. So, you know, he can tell you can tell he's one of those guys that soaked the game up when he was growing up. So, it's a uh, mm-hmm. it's beautiful to watch these young guys come into the game with the knowledge that they're able to uh, capture uh, even before they even before they get to the big leagues. So. I don't expect nothing less from uh, Antoine, but nothing, nothing but more success. No question,
1: and that's why he is the raising the bar player for this particular segment. Shout out to Sonos Art. Big time segment, we will give it to you weekly. Pat P, I promised earlier I'll tell the listeners and viewers more about Sonos Arc. And that time has come, my friend. I got the Sonos Arc. I put it down here in my basement or my man man cave, as I like to call it. So it fits in real nice. It's super easy to set up with the Sonos app. They have this thing called True Play Tuning, which allows me to optimize the sound based on the acoustics of this room. You know, you gotta have your acoustics on point, my guy. I use my Sonos Arc for a bunch of different things, but one of the main ones is to stream music. And Pat P, I know you love music as well. And here's a little secret I got for you. Before we record all things covered, I like to get fired up. I like to feel like I'm getting ready to get into a stadium because this is our stadium right here. This yes, is our sanctuary, please. you feel me? Yes, no questions, I gotta get fired up. So I like to get in the zone with some tunes, yo. Jada Kiss was already a big time artist in my playlist, but he's been in my rotation heavy after he just put up Wilt Chamberlain like numbers <laughs> in the most recent verses. Shout out to Kiss, man, Jada Kiss. So he's heavy in my, in my playlist. So I got Jada Kiss flowing. Uh, some of our former guests that we've had on our show, I got to show them love. Master P, if you bought it. Then you bought it, bought it, bought <laughs> it, but then you bought it, bought it. Well, then you bite it, bite it. Uh, I got P, I got, of course, Fabulous. We have Fabulous on the show as well. I got to put some Fabulous on there. So they're, they're perfect. They're perfect rap artists to get me fired up, to be able to deliver quality, quality content to our listeners and our viewers. But I also can go to the new school as well, Pat P, and you always keep me up to date on some of the new school talent. For Shout sure. out little Lil Baby. I know you rock heavy with little Baby. Right, Baby. I got little Baby in my playlist bumping through my Sonos hey man, as you well. You got Kodak in the playlist, man. I hope you got Kodak. I got Kodak as well. You know I got to go represent for the home <laughs> team, state of Florida, stand up, sunshine state. So my Sonos down here, my man cave has it. It's bumping, bumping. The clarity is so clear. I mean, when you listen to it, you can hear it. It feel like it's, it's in you. That's how hot, that's how clear the sound is. It makes me feel like I'm back in the locker room. And you know how the speakers be bumping in the locker room. That's how I feel.
2: Can't even hear yourself. Thanks.
1: No question, no question. Matter of fact, as you see, I got the locker right behind me. It feels like I'm actually in the locker room and I'm getting fired up. Uh, so I'm telling you guys right now, man, it fills the room uh, with this. Cr- it's a crazy, impressive sound, wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling. So thanks to Sonos Arc for getting me in the right mind frame to deliver our awesome content on a weekly basis. I definitely recommend for everyone to go to Sonos.com to learn more. It's the Arc. Now, it's time for Around the League. Here's where we tap into everything that's associated with the NFL. This past weekend was a huge, huge, monumental weekend. Celebration. A celebration. Mm -hmm. Hall of Fame weekend reaction, Pat P. You grew up watching the Hall of Fame weekend. I know you currently still watch the weekend, especially if you're not practicing, watching or, you know, watching film. Uh, what, what, what do you think about when you watch the Hall of Fame weekend, when you see clips from the ceremony each year in Canton?
2: Man, you know, the crazy thing about it, it, it just gets I won't, I, won't never, I won't really say surreal, but it, it just gets better and better each year because now the guys that I actually had an opportunity to be on the field with are going in now. Like, you know, one of my biggest matchups that I had in my career was mm. one of Calvin Johnson, you know, four times in my career. Uh, seeing Charles Woodson play, you know, have an opportunity uh, to, to play against Peyton Manning. You know what I mean? Uh, I think, yeah, I think on the same field with Troy. You know what yep. I mean? You guys played us um, in Arizona, 2012, I believe, mm-hmm. somewhere along that time. So, you know, it gets more, it gets, it gets that much more exciting now because, like I said, I have an opportunity to see the guys who I actually was on the field against. You know, going to the Hall now, so it's a, it's a beautiful thing each and every year. But now that is guys that I actually was able to study who who I was able actually to see film and and, and watch them move on a year to year basis and seeing how they improve their game on a year to year basis is just it's just uh that much more it means that much more to me now.
1: Yeah and speaking of Calvin once again during his hall of fame interviews he mentioned you as one of the toughest corners he's ever gone against that's <laughs> no, like oh man yeah that's like the <laughs> ultimate appreciation yeah. Megatron Like Megatron, when you talk about everyone that has covered Megatron, he mentioned Pat Pete. That's huge. Yeah, that's big, man. They gotta make you feel real good.
2: Yeah, I do, I do, man. And then, you know, I took those, I didn't take those challenges lightly. And like I always say, you know, that's how you become, that's how you be remembered, you know, Mm. by taking on those challenges. Not being afraid to fail, you know what I mean? Because if you are afraid to fail, you know, you in the wrong business because you are oh, right. gonna fail sometimes. You it know, happen. it's it's all about how you deal with it, you know, going forward. And you know, and it was a battle having the opportunity to 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 study for him. Because I like I like I think we had this story before when we was talking about Coach Horton wanted to do that vice coverage. I'm like, Coach, we ain't doing that, man. I understand That's Calvin is a freak of nature, I get that, but coach, he ain't play nobody like me yet. Just let just if 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 I if I'm having trouble. Then I give you the green light to, the, the, to call the, uh, I forgot what, what they named the damn play, but that fight, <laughs> I was like, you have the liberty to play that then. But other than that, just let me play ball. No question. Then up after the game,
0: oh, oh, Patrick,
2: I like your company, young guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> it just was, walked off. <laughs> the star was born. Yes, indeed. So Matt. Yes, sir. Speaking of Troy, I see obviously you got the Troy Hall of Fame yeah, jersey. Hall of on. Fame jersey.
1: Right How yeah. was that like, were you there? No question.
0: Oh man,
1: tell so, me about what happened, question. man. Talk to me. Man, listen, football heaven is what I call Canton, Ohio around this time. This yep. is where individuals get into football heaven. So on Friday, they had the jacket ceremony. So I've been to the hall before, but I was still playing. So the team, we went to support Dick LeBeau when he got into the hall, but we didn't get a chance to experience all the activities, festivities right. they had, they have. So Friday was the gold jacket ceremony back. So all the former Hall of Famers, they are there Mm. to welcome the new guys as they get their jacket. Man, so just hearing some of the iconic legendary names that I grew up watching get their name called out to be able to welcome the new inductees was a thing of beauty. I mean, I was like, it was Christmas for me. You know what I'm saying? And it just got me fired up because granted, I would never get an opportunity to go into the hall but I went into the hall because players that I played with and rock with, they're there. I feel like I'm there as well. You know yeah. what I mean? And all the guys that were there to support all the Steelers. By the way, we have five get in. Five Yeah. We had Cower, Tomlin, Shell, Fanica, one of the best scouts to ever do it. Bill Nunn, yeah. you know what I mean? So we had five. Steel Nation showed out too now. Oh no. <laughs> Shit, it turned hey, into our party.
2: Hey, they stood up now. I'll tell you that boy, Jesus Christ. Hey
1: man, it turned into our <laughs> party. Pat P was like, man, it's all and it was a great weekend, arguably the best class because they combined two classes. Cause last yep. year, remember the pandemic, they yeah, have nobody yep. go in. But right. man, let me tell you, man, that experience was so, a surreal moment. Uh just being able to to, to, to support Bill Cowell, who drafted me who we also had on the show as well. You know, being able to hear him give his speech and know exactly what he's talking about. Being able to support Troy, who I played in the secondary with. You talked about being on the same field. We all respected his craft. We all respected his work ethic. Just hearing the things that we all live by in Pittsburgh be become, you know, public information. Uh, just Uh It just was a, a, a thing of beauty when you talk about Troy, you know, getting in, uh, I think I mistakenly said Tomlin. Tomlin will get in eventually sometime. But we know Bill, Bill Cower, Mike, uh, Troy Palomalu, Alan Fan, Alan, Big Red. We used to call Big Red. Who went to LSU? Yeah. Big Red. Oh, yeah. Big Big Alan Fanica, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. the, and the unique thing was Saturday, we had a party. Steelers did a big time, Pat P. Oh, we yeah. had a party, man. We partied like it was 1999, <laughs> man. Ooh, we shindig all night long. We shindig all night hey, long, man, baby. What joy Joy Porter was doing, man. And my guy Peasy was there. We had Peasy. The game was back together. You know how we used to get together when we we <laughs> we we boo raid, we boo uh, Them boys smoked cigars. <laughs> Them boys drank up all the wine, all the alcohol, the Patron, the Hennessy, the you Bourbon. Up too? Huh? See, you okay. Hope was there. Oh, Big Hamp man. was there. Casey Hampton was there, man. The, the boy, the band was back together, the man. The band was back. Man, was back man. man, we 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 tore up, Canton and steel Nation showed out. They showed out. If you guys go back and if you did watch, you saw how many Steeler fans were there in the stadium. Man, that's what it's all about. The appreciation. Yeah. And like I said, everyone will have the luxury of actually going in as an individual. But when you go in, your teammates go in as well. It's a, it's a part about, it's a part of being a, uh, you know, being a part of a brotherhood, you know right. what I mean? And it's funny, while I was sitting there, and I was sitting there down the front row, man, all my teammates together, I said, you know what, my guy, Pat P, at some point in time, should get this opportunity right here. Yeah, man. This is what it's all about. And for guys that are still participating, Pat P, and you still in the league, I'm done. I would never play in the NFL ever again. Man, use that as motivation. Oh yeah, it's always. That's the, that's the goal, be great, become legendary. You got a, you got an opportunity to continue to write. Add to your resume. Man, yep. make that resume as long as a fresh roll of toilet paper, man. And you know, those fresh roll of toilet papers are super long. Especially that Charmin. No <laughs> question. Don't get that cheap brand that they have at the airport. You don't want that cheap <laughs> brand. You get... No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> don't get that cheap brand. You got to get that Charmin, <laughs> that super thick roll. You better continue to add to that resume like a fresh <laughs> roll of toilet paper. Stop playing around. Yeah. That should get everybody because they got me fired up, and that's a unique thing. When we all got, got back together and we just was vibing and, and socializing, we said, Man, it brought chills to my body. Like, if and when we older now, we like, Man, listen, man, if I can go out there one more time and leave it all online, I would knock myself out for you, for y'all. That's how much we rock. And I got a chance to see Dick LeBeau, the legendary yeah, Hall of Fame Dick LeBeau. And the first thing he told me, Pat P, he say? said, Keep your eyes out of the backfield. <laughs> He said, "Didn't I tell you to keep your eyes out of the backfield, Mac fan?" I told you, "Be Mac. They are gonna hit you with a play action. They are gonna give you that zone play action. Keep your eyes out of backfield. Stay low and slide." Man, <laughs> I said, "Coach, I coach. I told you. I'm sorry. I was on my bad." Hey, he said, "Keep your eyes out of backfield." But man, Dick LeBeau, man, so many. It just, it's just an unbelievable experience, man. Canton is something that if you love football, go check it out. Yeah, just go experience. You know what I mean? As a fan, whoever the case may be. So, hey, add to your add to your resume, Pat P. Amen. You control it. That's the goal, baby. You, you control it. And other news in the NFL. Josh Allen. Or if you play quarterback, mm, that, that money's different. Oh, yeah. Very agrees to a massive extension, six-year deal value over what 258 million. He received 150 million in total, total guarantees. One hundred is fully. Guaranteed. So he signed his name, Josh Allen. He instantly, in 24-hour span, got $100 million yep. delivered to him. Both are the highest in NFL history. He will average $43 million per year. Thoughts on that deal, Pat Man, Hey, man. I mean, most,
2: I think, you know, quarterback's hard to find, as you know. The they don't question. fall off the tree. They and, don't. And he's a good one. I think he I think he has the potential to be, you know, really have a really, really successful future. I mean, his arm is as big as they come. You know, I know people. some people may question his decision making, but that's that's going to come with time. You know, I think he's going into his fourth year, mm-hmm. fourth year now. So now he's seen a lot of ball. He understands, you know, the position that he's in. You know, he don't always have to be a hero. You, know, you don't always have to go out there and throw for five, 600 yards, you know, just play within yourself, don't turn the ball over, and, you know, and put points on the board. Um, I think he's well-deserving of, of the deal. Like I said, most quarterbacks, you know, you, you're not going to find many quarterbacks in this league in the draft, and when you got one, you want to keep him. He better. You, I think he's
1: definitely one of those guys that's good enough to keep. No question. Uh, I mean, Sean McDermott is a much better coach with Josh Allen than I without think. Josh Allen. And I think the organization, they understand that. And oh, they yeah. gave him a handsome ransom. Boy, yeah. for 43 million, that man got a hundred million signed his name out the gate. Yeah. And he gonna see another deal. Deserving. you you gonna see a couple. No question. <laughs> and then now you gotta look at who's next. Lamar Jackson, you know, Baker Mayfield, all those guys are tied to the hip. You yeah. know what I mean? So we're gonna see exactly who, who, who's up next. But right now, it's Mr. Josh Allen time. He is the Mr. Right Now. And yeah. other news, when you have training camp, you usually have fights. A big-time brawl broke out uh, in the Giants training camp uh, that had Daniel Jones at the bottom of the pile. I don't know how he ended up at the bottom of the pile, but he was. Evan Ingram retaliated a late hit on a late hit uh, on Corey Clement. Logan Ryan came at Ingram. The rest of the team jumped in. Joe Judge cursed everybody out, punched them with 200-yard sprints and push-ups. Wow. Now, that's what you call discipline right there. Okay. Uh, mm. Joe Judge, uh, he said... Listen, there are a lot of different ways to approach things in terms of fights. My policy has been to get guys uh, to get guys and get them out of practice. So that happened. It involved the entire team. I threw the entire team out of practice. We had more ball to go. We had two more periods of practice. We had things to accomplish. Those are those are things that that robbed us of of an opportunity to keep preparing and rob players of reps to go out and compete. Uh, Have you ever been involved in the training camp scuffle?
2: Uh, like when you say a scuffle, you mean like the whole team or just one player? Oh uh, no, it could be one player. Oh yeah, we seen those. You know, you see, like you said, you see at least one of those every camp.
1: <laughs> You've been personally involved in a scuffle?
2: No, I, mean, I don't have time for that crap. Anymore. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm out there on the edge, man, running up and down. Yeah, you ain't, you're not. You're not the around way. the traffic. Exactly. That's what. That's where it happens at. in the traffic. In the traffic. Somebody, yeah, somebody felt like somebody pushed him in the back. Or yep. had the hands on the face mask too long. It's just mm-hmm. that's when the that's when the fight the fights start
1: to happen in the trenches. Yeah, you talk about the trenches too. With the Rams and the Cowboys joint practices, uh, I saw Williams got into it with uh, Aaron Donald. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, that's too. That's yeah, you man. know, man. Yeah. Man. <laughs> some people you just you just leave them alone. You don't even just leave that alone. Yeah, like really, leave that, that man alone. No question. No question. But that's a part of the culture. Training camps, we have these joint practices sometimes. And when you just have inner squad scrimmages, you know, you will get tempers will arise. And that's what happens sometimes. It is what it is. Now it's time for shout outs. We also want to remind everyone that you can find us on Instagram at all things covered pod. Each week we give clues for our next guest. And the first person to guess correctly gets a follow and a shout out on the pod. And we have some catching up to do on the shout outs. So, shout out to nadams 11 for correctly guessing Harrison Smith. Shout out to poppy underscore smurf, S H M U R F, for guessing Bill Cower. Shout out to brad.low5 for guessing Mike Novell. And shout out to Max O'Sell for guessing Ezra and James. Again, follow us at all things covered pod for the very, very best content from the show. It's halftime for us, but on the other side of the break, we'll be joined by Chris Johnson. Stay tuned. Yo, we back from halftime, and for you guys that have been following the show, you guys know what we do in halftime, in the locker room, during halftime. We make adjustments. So we had to make a big time adjustments. We gave you a little sneak peek on who this guest is, getting ready to join us, All Things Covered one of the more electrifying players to ever lace up his cleats. So we had to go ahead and swap out some things. And so what I did was I swapped out the the CB for an RB. Pat P had to go back to Minnesota and get some things together for training camp. So he's right now grinding. But this is an individual that used to grind, used to tear up your favorite team. NFL Offensive Player of the Year in 2009. Three-time pro bowler. Only player in NFL history with over 25 100 yards from the scrimmage in one season. So he ain't just CJ2K, he's CJ2.5K. Put some respect on his name. Most rushing touchdowns of, of more than 75 yards in NFL history. You can follow him at Twitter, on Twitter at Chris johnson 28 You can follow him on Instagram at Chris ChrisJohnsonTWO, the number eight. One of the more electrifying players I've ever played against one of the most feared players that i ever played against is joining us here all things covered. Chris Johnson, man, how you doing?
0: I'm doing good, man. Just chilling, man. What a great intro. Real great intro. Oh, no, man. Hey, listen, man. I real recognize real and real respect real. You know
1: what i mean? And you was a not just a baller, man. You you was a guy who went out and got it done. And did it the right way so man listen I'm a fan when we played against you when I played against you man I was a fan of course I was trying to take your head off but listen I respect the game and how you went about your business and talking about you know who you were as a player I said one of the more electrifying players to ever play the game we all know you know you were an elite NFL running back a guy who had the combine record for a while but coming out of high school you're only a two-star recruit
0: coming out of high school
1: how was that possible
0: Man, it's crazy, man. I was just talking to somebody about that the other day. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's like you can't not just somebody I was talking to some kids, too, like you just can't a lot of kids are now these days are caught up on the the two-star, three-star, four-star, five-star. But I'm like, man, some of the some of the best players that then came through the NFL was was two-star, three-star. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And it's all because of like everybody just can't see everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like when no it question. comes to recruiting, ratings and all that, like if you're not, it's hard to get noticed. It's different these days because we got YouTube, we got the internet. Back when, when we was coming out 2004, 2003, it wasn't no internet, no nothing. So um, it's hard to be seen. I didn't go to any camps or anything like that. So how can I expect like a Florida State or Ohio State or Alabama or USC to come see me at this school in Orlando. Know what I'm saying? They got three, four, 500 kids coming to their camps. Know what I'm saying? So, you know, I ain't know the formula. So now it's different that I got kids. Now I know the formula. I know for my kids to be noticed, to be seen, to be recruited the right way, I have to send them to these camps or whatever like that but you know it was kind of good for me because I always kept that as a chip on my shoulder you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying I'm a two-star all these guys that's ranked higher than than me you know I just kept the chip on my shoulder and that kept me have something to work for when I'm, I get the comments. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, yeah,
1: and and you look at some of the other notable players at that time that came out with you in the class of 2004. You were actually the 113th ranked running back in the class. Uh, you had Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch, who were the top running backs in that class. It's not about how you start for the kids that are listening to us and watching us. It's not about how you start. This is an individual who was a two-star But used it as motivation, didn't make any excuses. And the rest is history. So that's an unbelievable uh, story. You turn a two star player into a nine year vet. Think about that. Ten year. Ten year vet. I'm sorry. I shortchanged you. year. Ten year, -year. a dime, double digit vet, pro bowler. You know what I mean? Outstanding numbers. So it's not about how you start. It's how you finish. Kids, make sure you remember that and use whatever they're saying negative about you as a motivational chip, and you can go do whatever it is you wanna do. So at what age did you realize you were
0: faster than everyone else? At what age? Um, I would say it really didn't hit me until probably like 10th grade.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: 10th grade, I, I always was fast. Know what I'm saying? I used to race up and down, like in the hallways in school and stuff like that. I knew I was one of the fastest, but, it didn't get into like my 10th grade year. I still remember my 10th, my 10th grade year. No, actually my ninth grade year because mm-hmm. my ninth grade year, I ended up playing varsity with me and my oldest brother. So we played the football season. Then so we went out for track. Then when we went to track, I beat him. So we lined up and we raced. I beat him. When I beat him, he quit running track. He was wow. in grade, I was in ninth grade. He quit running track. And ever since that day, that's when it like, it, something just clicked into me. And then after that, like, I was just always the fastest around the whole city, you know what I'm saying? One of the fastest in the state, like, it was just crazy. And then I ran track every off season. And then I just went to the start again, first place, first place, first place, first place. And then it just clicked in me, man. Do you remember your fastest hundred time in high school? Yeah, my fastest hundred time was a 10-3-8. Ooh. Yeah. 10 three <laughs> yeah. And you got to realize, you know, a good time
1: high school in the 100 is 10-6. That's a great time. That's a yeah. good time. You know what I'm saying?
0: You running 10-6, you've it. you right. And it's crazy that you say that because, man, being in Florida is tough, being in Florida, because <laughs> you, I'm running 10-3-8, and, and I'm coming in second and third at state. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Walter Dix and Xavier Carter. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah 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 yeah. Now, when you mention them names, for the, anyone who lived in the state of Florida, you know
1: exactly who he talking about. Walter Dix went to Florida State. Yeah. Carter went to LSU,
0: and them boys didn't play around. So yeah. your 10-3 got you third place. Third place. Well, second place because it was different divisions. Okay, so okay. I got second place in the hundred. But yeah. the crazy thing about it, I look around the city. Every not the city, different states. People running 10-6, 10-7 win the state. I'm like, question,
1: crazy. But you know, CJ, you know that speed in Florida a little different. Yeah,
0: that Florida is different. It's it's a little
1: different. And talking about Florida, your time in Florida playing high school football got you an opportunity to go to ECU, East Carolina University. Four very good years uh, at ECU. Opened a lot of eyes. Where do you think you were going to go you know, during the, the pre-draft process, you know, getting ready uh, for the combine, pre-combine, where did you think you were going to go? And then where did you think you were going after you ran that four-two-four? So two-part question before the combine, where did you f- feel like you were going to go in the draft? And after you dropped
0: that 4-2, you know, where did you think you were going then? Uh, well, I was projected to go like second, third round mm-hmm. or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And that I was so mad at that because I had to put up the stats, the, the season, like I had the film, everything. And um so I I always knew I was gonna run a 42. You know what I'm saying? I knew I was it was gonna shoot up the boards. So when I go to the um when I go to the combine, you know you got all the different meetings, mm-hmm. they asked me, they like, um so what, what do you uh think you're gonna run the four? I say, man, I'm gonna run like a 425. All of them laughed at me. <laughs> they laughed. I'm like, all right, cool. I go out there, I actually run lower. I ran a four two four. I thought I was going to run four two five, but mm-hmm. then shit, they shot me up first round. So it, it did its job. And I, and you know what? It's
1: funny that we're talking about this draft process because I was just in Canton with a lot of my former teammates. You know what yeah. I mean? Most of us, you know, defensive guys, and we remember during that pre-draft process, we knew we were going to take a running back. Yeah, we knew we were going to take a running back, and we eventually heard after the fact that the Steelers were definitely strongly considering Chris Johnson. Instead of Chris Johnson, we went with Rashard Mendenhall, who had a pretty good career. But well, you know, Chris Johnson is Chris Johnson. And I yeah. think the next pick, the Tennessee Titans, pick Chris Johnson. Anytime during your pre-draft, did you get a good vibe from Pittsburgh? Because we heard, you know, from the scouting department, for the from the powers that be, they definitely were high on you, but it just didn't work out. Did you think you were going to be a, what? what did you think it was a possibility that you could have been a stealer?
0: Yes, it's crazy. I'm gonna tell you this story. I was <laughs> supposed to be a stealer. Like, yeah, tell, let, 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 tell me this story. Tell me this story. The situation happened on my. You know, you do the visits.
2: After,
0: mm-hmm. uh, what was that after the combine? You have the visits. So, mind you, I'm claustrophobic, right? Yep. So you know, you go to the, you go to the um combine. You, they make you do all the stuff, all the doctors, all the um MRIs and all that. So for some reason, I had the type that I had no choice. Whatever, they stuck me into the goddamn machine. Mm-hmm. I'm in there. Oh my gosh, you know how they say push the button. If you got to come out, yeah, I keep pushing the button. And I and I finally get it done, right? So I go to my business, I get to Pittsburgh. <clears throat> we well, you know they talk to me. I talk to all the co- coaches. Tomlin, everything, they love me, this and that. So t- they leave out the room, to come back. No, the running back coach come, I forgot who it was. Kirby, I think it was Coach Kirby. Yeah, Kirby. Yeah, the black guy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. he like, he like, man, our team doctors and stuff, they want to send you, they want to send you to the hospital to take an MRI. I'm like, man, I can't do that. I say, man, I am close public, I just toughed it out at the... At the, combine. at the combine. Yeah. I just tucked it out at the combine. I'm like, eh. So he leave out. <laughs> Tumlin come in. Tumlin, like, man, listen, you know, we got plenty of guys way bigger than you, like Lyman. They have to go in there and take MRI. I'm like, coach, man, listen, man, I'm claustrophobic. I, I can't do it. I say, mm-hmm. only, only way this going to happen, man, they they going to have to put me to sleep. Yeah. To put me in there. Mm-hmm. You Know what I'm saying? So he leave out for a little bit, this and that. And he he come back in, he like, man, no. So I call my agent and I'm telling my agent what's going on, this and that, whatever. Agent just like, man, if you claustrophobic and you really, you can't do it, just let him know. So I told him. So he leave out, they leave out, he gone for probably like 15, 20 minutes. And he like, man, we really need you to take the MRI, but if you can't take it, man, we just gonna have to send you home. We can't really do business with you. So I'm like, I'm like shit, so they sat me home. You know what I'm saying? And at the time, it's crazy because at the time I think Willie Parker was still there. You know Willie, what I yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Willie, <clears throat> Willie Parker was, was kind of on his way out. Yeah, but yep. you know, I'm young, I don't know no better. So I'm thinking I'm like, man, I don't even know where I'm going to Pittsburgh. I know they ain't finna draft me. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I ain't thinking they was gonna draft me or whatever. But that's what happened, and now that I go back and think about it. I think they was probably gonna take me. They took men in the hall instead, but I think they was gonna take me, but they didn't they didn't take me because I went to take the MRI on the visit. Oh man. Yo,
1: CJ, man, listen, we've heard this story many a times. We we talked about this story like they, the and we're gonna hit on the year when you went crazy, when you went stupid crazy, right? Yeah. But we talked about this because we like, man, listen, man, they said we were supposed to drive Chris Chris Johnson. And initially, you know, people were like, man, that's a lie, we, we weren't taking Chris Johnson because you're not passing up on Chris Johnson. But right, the right. story behind the story was you didn't get in because, you know, of your fear, you know what I mean? So we were like, still, like hot. And for us, and you, Chris, you know, you played against us on the defensive end, man, we felt like we get 17, 18 points, we gonna win. That's yeah, our, yeah. That was our mentality. Exactly. And we we're like, if you give us that right there in the backfield, Who, like you said, Willie Parker was there, but he was about to be on his way out. You know how the league is. They get get prepared for the next guy. If you give us a guy who's going to give us a 4-2 at any given time, oh, man, we felt like we would have had two more rings. We literally just had this conversation in Canton, Ohio, me and a few other defensive guys. Matter of fact, your former teammate was there, Chris Hope, who you played with in Tennessee. You know, we were all chopping it up. And we were just saying, man, if we had Chris Johnson, we definitely, worst case scenario, Mm getting two more rings.
0: Hands down. Yeah, it would, Now, I think about it, it would have been crazy, man. It would have been crazy. But I just felt like, man, I felt, I honestly feel like, and you know, I always felt some type of way about Pittsburgh because of that situation. Uh-huh. Because I feel like it could have been handled, it could have been handled differently. Yep. You know what I'm saying, because it wasn't just like, I can see if I was just end up being cocky, like man, I done been to all these different doctors. I don't feel like going to see no doctor. Yeah, but you like, actually had a
1: fear. It was it yeah, was documented. Like you still had, to yeah. This
0: day, like still yeah. to this day, if I have to get an MRI, I have like it even happened like so. The injury that they was trying to look at, it was something that happened my sophomore year in in college. Mm-hmm. So in order for them to find that injury, they had to put me to sleep, to put me in the MRI machine. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like they should have handled the situation differently. I'm yep. telling them this is a fear. I really, I'm really claustrophobic. Don't just, man. I'm a young kid. Never been through this situation before. Y'all, they could have handled it differently. Know what I'm saying? If they really want to see this, okay, we'll put you to sleep. Man, all this, all this money that these these teams got, we'll put you, to sleep. you just Gotta stay here an extra day. Cool. Let's run it. Know what I'm saying? It could have been. It could have been handled. Oh. Oh my goodness! Listen, a lot of people don't know
1: about this story. You know what I mean? So this yeah. is what we provide here: all things covered. The story within the story. Steeler Nation, man! If we had Chris Johnson,
0: at least two. Right, the first person. you the first person I ever told this story because you telling me that that y'all thought that y'all we, was gonna take me, and y'all yeah. was right. It would. I think it really would have happened because y'all picked before the Titans picked,
1: and we needed a running
0: back. Right. We needed yeah. a running back. It was
1: a given. Yeah. We definitely knew we were going to take, we all knew we were going to take a running back. It just, we just didn't know who. And when you ran that 4-3 at Indy, I'm sorry, that 4-2, you opened everyone's eyes. So everybody go back there watching ECU tape like, man, Chris Johnson, man, what? And so you watch the tape and you see, man, he's not just a, a speedster, he is a runner. He's a running right, back. Right, right. You know what yeah. I mean? Got prop, great balance. You want to, when you look at running backs, I look at the balance. That's something that you had, the balance and the, the toughness, the deliver blow when need be, but also you got that get up and go at any given time. Man, right. if we had,
0: man, listen, man. And it's and I, funny. And I, I I trained, um, coming out of the draft, I train with Ike. Yep, Tom I- Shaw. Yeah, Tom Shaw. So they see me every day. <laughs> hey, matter of fact, speaking of Tom
1: Shaw Shaw, me and Ike were just talking about you. Tell the story about you and DRC, Dominique Rogers Cromarty. When y'all put on that weight vest, what 40 times did y'all clock?
0: We I, I clocked a 4-3, like a low 4-3, I think like a 4-3-2, something like that. We put on the weight vest. Yep. So Shaw was like run 85-90%, don't go all out. <laughs> I ran, I ran like like four three two. With a weight vest on. Yeah, with a weight vest on, yeah. Running 80%. 80%. That's how, that's how I knew. I knew for a fact that I was going to run a 4-2 at the on. I just didn't know how low. That's why I just <laughs> said 4-2-5. You know what Ooh. I'm saying? Hey, I know it's
1: something that we may never see happen. But during your prime, and you know watching the game right now, and the fastest man in the league probably is Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah. During your prime, if you and Tyreek Hill lined up, Tyreek in his prime, you in your prime, who win it? Ain't nobody seeing me, man. Ain't nobody seeing me. Johnny, what if you throw? What if you throw John Ross in there? John Ross ran for four two at the combine as well. You throw him in
0: there. He ran 4 two, 2 I I still feel like his time a little bogus, but he he got some get up. But you know that that, that speed got to transfer to the field. You know mm. what I'm saying? Mm. Got to transfer to the field. Like you got a lot of them track athletes that that was just in in Tokyo. Yeah, they probably can't come run up run a faster forty. But they got to transfer to to the field, and no not question. only that. You say John Ross, you say Tyreek, man, them guys 170. I was yeah. two hundred pounds when I ran mine. No question. Two hundred pounds. I lose twenty pounds. Ain't no telling. Ain't no telling how fast. And also high
1: too, pass. you got to factor in the con the the, the the competitive, the competitor in you. When it's time yeah. to line up, we're not racing for a time now. We racing. I'm racing to beat you. Exactly. I'm racing
0: to beat you. So. Oh
1: man, out man, that'd have been pay-per-view type money right there. Ooh.
0: Man, how things going these days when they doing the celebrity boxing? Yeah. All this type of stuff that they doing. Man, listen, if me and Tyreek Hill both play in the same in the same prime at the time, I really believe we probably could have set up a pay-per-view match or, or something like that, man. Hands down. I know I'd have paid 80 bucks to see y'all run. Hey, <laughs> I'd have sure. paid, I'd have paid whatever
1: it was to see it in person. Yeah. No question, two outstanding players, but you saying Tyreek wouldn't stand a chance.
0: Nah, man, I had gears, man. My, like Tyreek, I feel like Tyreek Tyre is more like quicker, mm-hmm. feel but man, listen, everybody know that longer stride is deadly. No question. Yeah, and, and you were a smooth runner. It, it was so easy
1: for you. You wasn't really, it looked like you wasn't using a lot of energy. Yeah,
0: and Go. that's what I think a lot of people they get it misconstrued. Like you, you watch Tyreek play, and you like, damn, he he moving. Yeah. You watch me play, like I might not look as fast as I really am until but you get out there on the field with me. Know what I'm saying? Man, right. hey, <laughs> you no, know, that and that's the, that's the people like you. They're the
1: most deadly to play against because it look like you ain't moving fast, but you're moving fast because yeah. you're doing it so easy. It comes naturally. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like a glide and you smooth. And you're like, man, they used to tell us all the time. Listen, if you give number 28 a crease, man, get ready to walk to the sideline because you're not chasing. You're not catching him. Once he gets to the second level untouched, you're not catching him. So we used to emphasize the defensive line. Please play with the right gap integrity because if he gets to the second level to our linebackers and no one has touched him, man, y'all might as well start walking to the sideline. Field goal block team. Get ready. Yeah, <laughs> that was a scout report. It was it was simple. Anytime you can anytime CJ caught the ball, man, we holding our breath. Like, oh shoot. Cause we already know you know, we, you know, DB's, we think we fast anyway, but man, playing against you. Listen, y'all bet not, y'all don't let this man get to the second level untouched. Cause ain't nobody standing a chance with this man out here. Yeah. Man, so transitioning to your outstanding career, you were a pole bowler in your rookie year, uh, runner up for the Rookie of the Year Award behind Matt Ryan. Many people believe you should have won that award. I know you think you should have won that award as well. At what point did you think your second season in 2009
0: could be so special? Man, I ain't even know, man. Like, me coming in, I feel like me coming in my first year, having the success that I had in... Me knowing my second year, like it was going to slow down. Know what I'm saying? It was going to slow down a whole lot more. Like I played, went through a whole season, had thir- 1,300 rushing yards or whatever. I just knew it was going to slow down. And I knew the type of offensive line we had, I know the type of defense we had. And but like probably two or three days before training camp, my offensive coordinator, Mike Hammond, here called me. He was like, "Hey, I just want you to be prepared. You know what I'm saying? We finna, we giving you the keys to the car. It's finna, cause you know, my first year, me and Lindell, we, we sh- we um uh, shared the backfield. We split yeah. time in the backfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, man, we finna give you the keys to the car. It's all yours. So I'm like, shoot, I'm ready. I knew how I trained. I knew how hard I trained. I, man, I just, I was ready. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was ready. And you know, I stepped up to the plate and." I know that a lot of people probably ain't expect me to have that type of year or or even to be the type of player. I don't think none of the league thought that I was gonna be the type of player that I was and the type of career that I had. I know they didn't expect it because there's no way that four running backs went ahead of me. Know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, especially after you seen my highlight, you seen what I did, I ran the four two four, all that at running back. Like they didn't expect that. So you know, it probably caught a lot of people off guard, but I always knew what I could do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And some numbers to back uh what you're saying. You rushed for 197
1: yards in week two, but wasn't until week six where you really went off. In 11 games, check this out, listeners and viewers. In 11 games, from week six to week 17, CJ rushed for 140 yards on average and over one touchdown per ball game. That was the consistent number. Every game was well over 100 yards. So in week 17... You needed 128 yards heading into week 17. Man, what were you thinking about? Did you actually believe you can get that number to be able to hit that magical 2,000-yard mark uh,
0: for the season? Man, I knew I could get it because you got to think, throughout the whole year, man, it was like, it was just unbelievable, man. Like, every game, like, I'm either breaking alone, one,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or, like you say, I'm going for over 100 yards, like, and I knew how prepared we was. I knew how my offensive line prepared and I know it wasn't – by the time it got to this, it was like not just me trying to get it. Man, people on the team wanted me to get it more than I wanted to get it. know what I'm saying? So we was all in. Like yeah. we was all in. So everybody, every single person on the team, every coach, everything, we was doing everything possible for me to get over a 2,000 yards. Not only – we wanted to get the record. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Again, I got. I had a 76-yarder. Was it 76 yards? 70-something yarder called back on the bogus holding penalty. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? If they want to never call that 70-yarder back, oh. I think I would have the rushing, the most rushing yards in the season to this day. And that game, you still you still got
1: 134 yards and 36 carries. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. still had 134 yards. On 36 carries to finish the season with 2,006 yards. A magical, magical year. Of the eight running backs to run for at least 2,000 yards, only four have won the MVP that season. Why do you think voters went with Peyton Manning in 09 instead of you?
0: Um, I think it's a quarterback lead. The quarterback always get it. Yeah, it's like, a quarterback award. A quarterback award. Like, yep. I just don't see it. no way, just like they did me my rookie year, gave it to Matt Ryan. My next year, same thing happened. Gave it to Peyton. I know, like, we ain't make the playoffs, but sure. I thought MVP, like, it's an individual award, like,
1: yeah, it's supposed to be. And and it's funny you mention that because his team was fourteen and two, so it's not just an individual award. They're factoring in overall team success. Clearly, based on what you just said.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like I had twenty five hundred yards total. Know what I'm saying? 2,000 yards. I had 2,000 rushing yards. I had 500 receiving yards. Like that never, never been done before. And we don't know when we might see it again. Never know. Like all this, all these numbers that I keep saying, like them gold jacket numbers, man. Like people ain't got some numbers. I don't care what they, I don't know if I'd be a first ballot, second ballot, or even make it. But I know the things that I've done it, it ain't been done again. It never has been done. It might happen because they adding another game, I don't know, but it ain't been done, so. So it's safe to say, when you look at your career,
1: everything you were able to do, all the accolades, all the numbers, you do believe you should be in the, in the Hall of Fame?
0: Yeah, I think I should. I think I should be in the Hall of Fame. I think I should be first ballot, just on, now I'm not gonna sit here and just say just on my numbers solely, but I think Hall of Fame should go off of numbers one, Mm-hmm. Um, two, I think it should go off. It gotta be a player that 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 kind of changed the game. You Know what I'm saying? Like before mm-hmm. me, it wasn't no running backs going first, like no running backs my size going first round. They looked at us as third down backs. Yeah. No, saying? no, no question. No question. As third down backs. After 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 me, after I did what I did, now you got guys going top 10, top 15 my size being every down backs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It wasn't, that wasn't no such thing before I did what I did. After I did what I did, got CJ Spiller, you got Christian McCaffrey.
2: Yeah.
0: All these guys, you know what I'm saying? You got Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. It's a new wave. Now you can get a, you can, you see these teams drafting guys, 195, 200, 205 pounds as they every down backs. Yeah. When yeah. I came out, hey, yeah, you a third down back, a special team guy. No question. You know you're a so situational got, back. You're a situational back. So I feel like I changed that era. So that goes into things that I feel like why I should be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. No question. And one thing I think the Hall of Fame should, should be about, the protocols for the Hall of Fame.
1: And you let me know how you would feel about this. Because when you look at playing the National Football League, the respect is there. You might not like a guy. You might not like the team he plays for, but you respect guys who go about their business in the right way. I think they should allow players that play in the same era, players that actually watch the game, the legends of the game, should be able to have a name on a card. Mm-hmm. See the name, Chris Johnson. Hall of Famer, raise your hand. Right. Because right now you have writers that dictate if this guy should get in the Hall of Fame, if this guy shouldn't get in the Hall of Fame. They never played against you. You know, the first thing I said when I intro you and I played against you, my job was to try to hit you. Was I said one of the most feared players to ever play the game, one of the most electrifying players to ever play the game. I know what you brought to the table.
0: Right, right.
1: That's the thing that's missing and it's unfair to some players when they don't get into the Hall. Because if your peers
0: say... He's a Hall of Famer. He should be in the Hall. Exactly, exactly. I feel the same way. How can you, how can a writer be like he's not a Hall of Famer if he never played against me? Know what I'm saying? Like, I don't and get- I just I just told you what the Scott report was for you. If you
1: let him get to the second level, start walking to the sideline. Put your, get get ready. To get walk to the sideline. Field goal block in, Get ready because this man's about to hit his head on the goalpost. Ain't nothing we can do about it. That's all. that and then like you said, being consistent, doing what you did, put Tennessee on the map.
0: You put Tennessee not literally on your back, but you put them on the map. Yeah, I think I'm the, I think I'm the best. I think, and I can say this because I'm retired on that. I think I'm the best home run hitter in the ever in, in the, the history of the game. Of the game. That's like, a good debate right there. I got, Ooh, I I that's got, good barbershop talk. That's good barbershop talk. Yeah, hey, that's think, a, that's a good one. I, and the reason why I say that, because I think I'm not sure the exact number. I think I got like seven to eight, eight runs, like over 80 yards or 75 yards or something like that. Don't nobody. Yeah, most runs are
1: 75 plus yards ever. You have seven over 75. That's ever in the history of the game. Right. I mean, you got numbers to back what you're saying. I think the next closest person is like three. And that's not really close to seven, but it's close enough. I yeah. mean that's the next that's the next closest person.
0: So I got I think it's seven runs and then I got a a, a catch. One or two catches over 75. And I uh, got like nine plays over. Yeah. And on. think about the plays that were called back. You just talked about a 70 yarder that was called back.
1: I remember we played you one time in in, in Tennessee. Yeah. And you Tennessee, took
0: one back. Come on, man. You y'all. took one back on us 80. You remember yeah. that? You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I remember. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's uh, I think hey. I am. But well, hey. you know, I leave it up to them. And you know, they don't like when players like, be cocky, I try to name out they stats when it's trying to get in the Hall of Fame. So I don't want it to hurt me. But mm. I sometimes you got to speak up and say certain things yeah. so they know. You so do, you
1: like, got to remind them because sometimes they're a prisoner of the moment. You got to remind them. And like I said, man, if you ask anyone who played against Chris Johnson, anyone in the division or just in the NFL alone, feared. Yeah. He he sparked fear in us. I ain't keep it real. Because when you have that type of speed and that type of toughness, and just being a football player, man, any given time, you can beat us. Yeah. Man, this, good, this is good content right here, man. I hope you guys are soaking this up and loving this, man, because Chris Johnson is a man of few words. But he's letting us know right now, and no question, I do agree with you. At some point in time, you should get that gold jacket because that's something that you should get because you deserve it. I know I'd never be close to be a Hall of Famer. I understand that. But you, man, you deserve that jacket. We had the same similar conversation with LaShawn McCoy. You know what I mean? He felt the same way. You know what I mean? Guys, we respect guys like you who did it the right way and who we had to tackle. It's like, yo, or you know what? Just ask defensive players who played against him. Chris Johnson, should he be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Yeah,
2: he'd be a Hall of Fame.
1: I'm mad because we didn't have you on our team because we would've had two more Super Bowls. So you know, I think you should be in Hall of Fame. We would've had two. Man, I'm hot about that. (laughs) Man, I'm in my feelings about that, man. Because that year in 08, we won the Super Bowl. Yeah. In 08, we won the Super Bowl. So that would have been your rookie year. Clearly, we could have went back another two, three times. And we did get back in 2010. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I went to man. man, I'm down bad, man. That messed me up, man. Hey, but we're going to transition. We're going to get ready to wrap it up soon. But we're going to transition. Uh, when you look at, you know, transition into Arizona, you know what I mean? Play for, for BA, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, any memorable moments when you were there in AZ with that uh, group of guys?
0: Man, yeah, man, they they welcome me with open arms, man. Like, I remember first when I was going to Arizona, I'm like, damn, Arizona? Ain't never been here before. I don't know what kind of city it is, but, man, when I got off the plane and got there, man, it's a beautiful city. Uh, man, they just welcomed me with open arms. All the players, Pat P, mm-hmm. Tyrone Matthew, all the Larry Fitzgerald, man, all those guys, man, Carson. And it was a great situation. I loved every minute out
1: there. Yeah, and now, you know, being retired, you know, I know you still watch the game here, here and there, uh, but your former team, the Tennessee Titans, they got a bell cow the running back position in Derrick Henry. Man. I know when you look at the running back position, you said this before, Dalvin Cook is your number one running back in the league. Yeah. He's your number one running back in the league. And before we get to the next question, tell me why you feel like Dalvin Cook is the number one running back in the league. Man,
0: I, I'm kind of biased because... I feel like I see me in Dalvin. I
1: knew he was gonna say
0: that. I knew exactly <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. When I see him run that stretch, that that stretch mid stretch zone, the inside zone and all that, man, it is just lovely, man. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been liking Dalvin since Florida State. Yeah. But you know I'm saying he's been my guy since Florida State. Um, and just seeing what he's able to do, he helped him out of the backfield, how he run that zone, the toughness inside the tackles outside the tackles, all that, that's me all over again. No question. So that's, that's, it's kind of like 1A, 1B with him and Henry Mm cutting shoe. Henry, 2000. Yeah. Ain't ain't not that, you know what I'm saying? No, you can't, you can't. His toughness and how he able to, how he able to, you know, put the team on his back. That's what I like. Like these days they kind of make it, they kind of making the running back by committee thing. And as a running back, you don't like that. I don't care <laughs> if you know they say, "Oh yeah, you know, it's a team thing, be a team player." That's cool, but where where I come up watching football, in my era, you got LT, Barry, Emmitt, that is them. Yeah. That's it. And it was you just know? them. They were the There's feature guy. Ain't no committee, no no. I'm the every down back. Know what I'm saying? And yeah. that's what I respect. You look at you look at Cook, you look at Henry, Zeke Elliott, those got man, them guys, every down backs. They put okay. it on their back. You know, for four quarters, you finna get cooked for four quarters. Yeah. Ain't no yeah. three other backs. None of that. You finna uh-huh. get four quarters. And that's why I say I was a 200-pound bat and you were getting me for four quarters, four-down bat. Ain't no third-down bat, none of that. No question. No question. I love it. I love
1: it. And I do see the similarities between you and Dalvin Cook. You know, not the 220, 230 type back, but guys are extremely tough. And if you're not careful, they can turn a five-yard run into a 60 or 70-yard run at any given time. You're retired now, CJ. You know, made a lot of money doing a lot of successful things in the community. Well-respected. But you also... Entrepreneur right now. And yes. if you look at if you're watching this on YouTube, I hope you are watching this on YouTube. You see he got a brim on, he got a shirt on. This is this man is into the coffee game. In yes. the coffee game, man. Tell us about your new coffee cafe and how our F- Florida
0: listeners and viewers can check you out. All right, well, I'm down here in Orlando, the Clear Claremont, Florida area. Um, just love coffee Claremont. We got a nice food menu, coffee, tea. Everything, cold brew, whatever you need, man. I just got into the coffee business, and what made me really do it, I wanted to get in something when I was when I was transitioning out of the NFL to businessman and stuff, and I wanted to get in something to to be able to help me to continue to you know give back to the community mm-hmm. and all those type of things. And with just love, they're they're big into that. So we got different little situations where we give back. Stuff like that. We sell coffee of the proceeds, while my proceeds go to at-risk children mm-hmm. around the Orlando area and stuff like that. So I wanted to get in something that would continue to help me give back. So I'm like, why not? You know what I'm saying? So I have my own store and I'm also part owner of the whole entire brand. So I just really been focusing on that and, you know, i trying, trying to make a bag. Just Just Love
1: Coffee Cafe. So your first op- your first spot is there in Orlando, Claremont area. You have any visions of the next Just Love, the third, the fourth? Were you, what you trying to do? I know you're trying to make this thing a national brand. What's yeah, next well, for
0: you? Uh, well, I think, well, right now, I think we're at like 28 stores that's open. Mm-hmm. Um, by next year, we should have like 40 or whatever. Mm. So they're coming up somewhere everywhere. I think our next big location, is going to be opening up in Vegas. Mm-hmm. um. But, but yeah, man, we trying to do it big, man. Man,
1: you know, when you open that thing up in Vegas, man, you got to make that thing a weekend, man. Get some guys out there, man. Make yeah, thing, you. you, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, you feel me? <laughs> <Got> me
2: <laughs>
1: you, man. Yes, sir. Make that thing a weekend, man, so we go no. out there and support you. i definitely be out there with my shirt and my brim on. When, <laughs> when, you, when you talk about the menu, you know what I mean? What's some of the favorite items on the menu?
0: Man, we got some breakfast tacos that's crazy um our waffles is crazy mm-hmm. um we got chicken wraps our, our cinnamon rolls our cinnamon rolls are fire man you know what i'm saying and i i like coffee but i'm a big tea guy yeah oh you got, got so you got tea also along yeah, with we, coffee yeah yeah we got tea as well so we got this blueberry, that's major that is blueberry tea that i always get oh blueberry i never had that before yeah, yeah, you gotta come check it out, man.
1: Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, man, hey, I love the support former guys doing big things outside of scoring touchdowns and catching passes, man. Just love Coffee Cafe. If y'all a Chris Johnson fan, go support. If you're not a Chris Johnson fan. Go support. That's what we do. We got to support each other, man, and make sure things are successful because good things happen to good people. And when you support people, good things will happen to you. That's how you receive your blessings. So, man, Just Love Coffee Cafe there in Orlando. He said he got multiple locations. And the next big one going to be in Vegas. We go ahead and put that in the universe right now. Let that manifest. And we're going to have a big shindig. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. we're going to do it. We're going to do it.
1: We're going to have a big shindig. Before we let you go, we're going to transition to the superlative part of the show, where I hit you with rapid fire questions. I want your honest, unbiased answer. Most famous person to tell you that you were
0: on their fantasy team is who? Lil Wayne. Wheezy. Yeah, Wheezy. Lil Tunchy. That's my boy, man. Tunchy. Wheezy F, baby. When did he tell you that? Um, I w- Actually, I went to a concert um my rookie year um, mm-hmm having that Vanderbilt in Nashville. I went to a concert and man, everybody that knows me know that I've been a diehard Lil Wayne fan since I was young, young, like yeah. young, young. And he was doing a concert. And I remember I asked the the um, security guard or whatever, can he take me to the bus to meet, meet Lil Wayne? So after the show, he took me to the bus. Soon as I walk on the bus, he like, man, you on my fantasy team, you Chris Johnson. And you felt like you were that guy then, huh? I'm like, what? I was so surprised because shoot, I'm in the NFL, but shit, I don't think he know me. Yeah, yeah. When he said that, I was blown, man, like what? It's crazy. What's your favorite Wayne song of all time? My favorite Wayne song is, man, he got
1: so many. He got man. a lot. I know. That's unfair. I can't even ask. You can't. It's hard picking one. Right? I know. I know. I know.
0: Yeah, he got so many. <laughs> yeah. All right. Most notable person to challenge you to a race? Most notable. Um, A cheetah. I, I raced a cheetah. You mean a, little, a, a legit cheetah? Yeah. The, like the cat. Not yeah. a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> a when cheetah. that happened? Uh I think that happened like in 2012 or something. It, uh-huh. It's on National Geographic. Yeah, I Geographic.
1: gotta check that out. I didn't know you raced yeah. a cheetah. Yeah.
0: Hey, you yeah. heard me. I said you talking about legit animal
1: or <laughs>
0: yeah, animal. Yeah, okay, real How cool. far did y'all race? Um, we actually raced it was um uh, like 30. It was probably like a total of 60 yards, but it's 30, run 30, touch the line, and come back. Oh, yeah, how did you how did you I, make out in that I, race? I I barely I barely lost. Oh, man, fast! Gotta take it out, yeah. No question. All right,
1: last question for you: best quarterback you ever played with?
0: Hey. I played with. Well, okay, I got a name too. Okay, that's fair. That's I fair. I got a name too. For my passer, as far as as best like straight quarterback, drop back passer. Carson Palmer, Mm -hmm. and just my all-around best playmaker, Vince Young. Mm. Okay,
1: okay. And when you look at Vince, you know, had a good career, but many people felt like he could have been one of the best. What do you think kind of hampered that development, being able to achieve everything that many people thought he could achieve? Because, like you said, he was an exceptional player, athlete playing quarterback, had everything you would want, but he just didn't really take off like many people thought he would take off. What do you think Uh,
0: hampered that? Man, I think you know just like I know, the reason why teams spend so much money on on scouts and coaches and stuff like that, and why they spend so much time before they draft a player, mm-hmm. is because you have to bring them in the right system. Yep, you know what I'm saying. Got to be from the right coaches, the right offense coordinator. Like you think about this, you bring Lamar Jackson in. To a situation where you want him to be a drop back quarterback, he might not be as successful. No question. You got to no you know what I'm saying. So I feel mm-hmm. like you would have put VY in the type of offense like Lamar or even, man, even the year when the year I went with 2000 yards, you know, Vince didn't start the first six games. Yeah, I remember that. He came in the last 10 games. We start off on six with Kerry Collins. Mm hmm. Vince Young came in and played the last ten, 10 games. We went eight and two. Yeah. And the type of offense we was running, the type of plays we was running, he was doing great. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He went eight and two. We almost made the playoffs. I feel like if Vince would've started from, from week one- Y'all have made the playoffs. We would've made the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about what type of offense you put them in. So the situation. I feel like- yeah, I feel like I feel like Vince wasn't as successful as he could have been because he wasn't put in the right offense. No question. A
1: lot of people don't realize how important the situation is for players. Yeah. you got to find a way to do what that player has been blessed to do. It's almost like telling Steph Curry, we want you just to drive to the lane all the time. This man shoot threes. Two threes.
0: Take yeah. the dude away from Steph Curry. He wouldn't be Steph Curry.
1: Exactly. But a lot of coaches, and you know this as well, being the game for a long time, a lot of coaches, they don't their ego will won't allow them to change things to fit certain players. Exactly. Good right. good coaches can make adjustments. Good good coaches can change things up. Like you said, if you put Lamar Jackson in the offense that just only wants him to drop back, no, he ain't yep. gonna get that MVP. No, you ain't getting none of that. No question. <laughs> no question no question man great conversation with Chris Johnson man Cj 2.5k joining me here all things covered pat Peterson Brian McFadden man make sure you guys go follow his coffee cafe they got some outstanding waffles he said them breakfast tacos on fire the instagram handle for the cafe is at just love Clear Mont. Make sure y'all go follow him on Instagram and Twitter and go follow Just Love Cafe, one of the best cafes in the state of Florida. And he's taking this thing nationwide. CJ, man, thank you for joining me here, man. It's a pleasure, pleasure, man. Hey, we you whenever, whenever you want to get back on and let us know you're about to do that opening in Vegas, come on, we're going to promote it. You All know right. what I mean? Get us some gear as well and support you, man. One of my favorite running backs and got to get you in the hall when Thanks, that time comes. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <music>